Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 5, Track 9. What Can You Lose? <sighs> what Can You Lose? Your car keys, your virginity, your dignity, mm. your cell phone, your cell your phone job, charger, your job, your lunch, your cookies, your dignity if you're a Trump appointee. Oh, yes. Um, you could lose your... Um, parking space. Uh-huh. You could lose your looks. You could lose your looks. You could lose your hair color. You could lose all your money. You, you could lose so. your cast album collection. Oh, <gasps> yes. To a boyfriend that never gave it back. Oh, something like that happened to me. You can lose all of your tapes. <gasps> Where did they go? Some so okay. This was um, when I was living in the Lower East Side years and years ago. I had a massive tape collection, and then I was like, I need to sublet my apartment for a month, which I did. The person who was living there, when they left, they took all of my tapes. Why didn't you go after them? It was complicated, and it was like not going to be easy. And I was like, you know, did you store them in shoe boxes? I used to store. No, they. I had like the beautiful, you know box that you oh. could put all the tapes in i so had he like just one took, he or she just took she, that she she just took it she just took it she's like it's mine gloria we're on to you <laughs> gloria we're after you <laughs> we're coming um, for you gloria um what can you lose the third and final stephen sondheim contribution to i'm breathless music from and inspired by the film dick tracy Concealing everything you're feeling Say it to her What can you lose? Maybe it's yours She's clues First of all Mandy Patinkin's voice At the beginning of this track I mean the whole track But that she just lets him open the track up You know, or that's the way it was written His voice is so beautiful i can't believe it uh mandy patinkin is a broadway legend legend uh, um he uh was um in the original Evita. he played che he won a tony for Evita. he was in sunday in the park with george as george his most brilliant performance um on broadway that's captured on a pbs uh great performances film with his cast member, Bernadette Peters, who is the only person I could imagine playing Breathless Mahoney besides Madonna. And, um, and always makes bad jokes about Madonna when she plays Sing Sooner or Later. I'm on to you, Bernadette. We both have religious names. Oh, so <laughs> funny. So funny, Bernadette. Um, and uh, he was and is uh, one of our just... The, the gold standard of Broadway leading men. Agreed. Agreed. I, um, I saw him do his solo Broadway show. Yeah. Um, and I, I've never heard a more beautiful voice. Like the control he has over his voice, the range of it, the expressiveness of it. It also to me connects with Yiddish theater. I think this is mm -hmm. partly why he also is, you know, his voice is lauded, but it's really like, it's just 
I've never heard anybody like that. You know, well, and this was this was during a period he um, he had done some films. He was famously um, the, in the non-singing role um, in Yentl. He didn't yep. sing in Yentl, which everyone was always like, "Why was he singing in Yentl?" Including him, because yeah. he he you know, and and it is a sort of thing of like Barbara. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, a duet with Mandy Patinkin. She was um, afraid. And he also, um, this was midway through a series of albums he made for CBS. Um, he had an album called Mandy Patinkin in 1988. And then he has a, an amazing one called Dress Casual. I think you saw him on the Dress Casual show. Maybe. Is that when you saw him? That sounds right, probably. Because he has that. And his albums are amazing because he really excavates. And he he continues to record um, and make music. He's also obviously on Homeland and um, he was on Chicago Hope for many years. He was, yep. he, he's done a ton of television. He, he famously quits television shows when he's not happy, even yeah. if they're huge hits and, um, but was in Homeland through, throughout the whole run of that show. And that's probably his most famous role since, um, uh, Broadway and um, but he, his song his his albums are always so interesting because he really excavates all kinds of areas of of music and weaves them all together and he always tells a story but he jumps genres and styles and um, some of it show tunes some of its old vaudeville stuff some of its rare um, Americana music from like the turn of the century some of its Yiddish music. And um, and then he'll do contemporary stuff. I mean, uh, his his versions of of Harry Chapin songs, for example, are some of the most beautiful and and vibrant and um, big discoveries for me. I mean, I didn't I only knew Harry Chapin from um, the Cat in the Cradle, but um, when he did Taxi, and he's he's done a ton of his songs in concert, and they're extraordinary and. I just remember Dress Casual had a suite of songs from Pal Joey. Um, he did like five of them and he was extraordinary. I mean, it's an extraordinary run of songs and I'd never heard any of them until uh, Mandy Patinkin came on the scene. It's the Wrigley Building has a great big town on a great big lake called Chicago. When the sun goes down, it is wide awake. Take your mind, your pocket to Chicago. Boston is England, New Orleans is France. New York is at once for tons and lions. But this great big town on that great big lake is America's first and American big Chicago. Hey, Petty, here I am in the Windy City, the big time. Better keep an eye peeled from our review in Variety, pal. If you can find yes, he's he's amazing. I mean, his um, whole cover album of Ray of Light is iconic. Stop <laughs> <laughs> saying iconic. Um, no, but he also he and Sondheim are uh, collaborators and friends. Yes. Some say he's the greatest interpreter of Sondheim, and right? and, and has done the most Sondheim. Um, so 88 Keys, his role in Dick Tracy, um, another accomplished star just wanders into Dick Tracy. He's the piano player at the club um, and uh, he kind of gets involved with um, this mysterious character called the blank who basically summons him to uh, a warehouse and basically um, has tries to propose Big Boy to get Dick Tracy out of the way by um, framing him for the murder of Dick Van Dyke's uh, crooked DA. 
in a hotel, which he winds up doing anyway. But um, 88 Keys, when he's making his pitch to Big Boy, says, come on, it's, you know, $100,000. What can you lose? Yeah. Um, I'm just also just, I just need to circle back to again, like, how well you know this movie's <laughs> just like I am gobsmacked. I am gobsmacked. It's all laying under the surface, Kenny. It's I know. All, I, I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to when we get to Truth or Dare because I feel like you're going to be able to tell us shot for shot like what's oh, happening. We're going to act out the whole movie. What are I you talking wait. about? I cannot wait. No, the um, real, the one to really. I get impressed. to play Moira. <laughs> You want to play more? Fuck yes. <laughs> Little shit. Little shit. <laughs> Little shit. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. I really want you to be her godmother. I really want you to be the child's godmother. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That's so sweet. I really thank want you. you to be a girl. I have all these boys. Oh, shit. <laughs> Look at this painting Moira got made for me. It's quite good, actually. <laughs> Where is that painting today? <laughs> um what can you lose so listen so he gets the first verse yeah right and is phenomenal and then she she has a lot of um how do you say uh reverb yeah because she can't match his quality right but what becomes so surprising to me is when they harmonize that their voices really fit Because the song is about two people in love with other people. He is in love with her. She is in love with someone else. They're never going to kind of come together and really coalesce and come together and 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 because they're not meant to be together. I mean, 88 has this kind of crush on her, and then she has a crush on Dick Tracy, and Dick Tracy's in love with Tess Trueheart. So they're both in these doomed love situations, but they come, but they share that doom in common. Yes. Yes. Um, that made me think when you're saying these two worlds coming together, that now we are coming to the, the part of the on breathless album where we have these two opposing worlds are now present. Like yeah. she's sort of been like, okay, I'm playing in your world. I'm playing in your world. And now she's saying like, look how different I am than this world because he's authentic, like yes. authentic musical theater. And she's like, I love this, but I'm, you know, she's, she's from a different world. And yeah. as we move into the next couple tracks that, that she becomes more primary as Madonna pop star, as opposed to breathless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She, um, th- this song has a really interesting history too. It doesn't have any of the flash or bells and whistles of more sooner or later. It didn't win the Oscar, obviously. Um, and um, 
and as well, the two songs Madonna doesn't do in the film, Back in Business and Live Alone and Like It, um, all of those have been performed a bunch. It's only in the last probably 10 years that What Can You Lose has really kind of become a really appreciated and beloved Sondheim ballad. Judy Cuton has a beautiful version of this song. What can you lose? Only the blues. Why keep concealing everything you're feeling? Say it to him. What can you lose? What if it shows he's had clues which he chose to ignore? Maybe though he knows and just wants to go on as before. Um, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful, friend, and, and I've heard it done in cabarets more. solo. And it's just a gorgeous song of kind of yearning heartbreak. Um, almost kind of like, it it, remind, it it always feels connected to Send in the Clowns for me mm. in this mm-hmm. in this way of kind of like before the resignation of sending the clowns. You're kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to try this because I'm so heartbroken. What can I lose by, you know, professing my love? Or, And if they say no, then I'll sing sending the clowns and kind of wander off into the woods. Mm, I love that description of it. I think that's absolutely right. There's, it's very understated. Mm-hmm. It almost slips by, but, and, and, but it really is the, well, it's the quietest moment of the album. Yeah. Um, and, and in the movie, once again, um, and, and again, I, I, I'm teasing Kenny, you, Kenny, about um, your disdain for Warren Beatty as a director. <laughs> but this is another moment where, like, this beautiful song with these two amazing artists kind of gets chopped up and underscores what's going on in, yes. in, the, in, the, yes. in the movie. Yeah. Again, it's like, just let the song happen. I mean, you have them. Like, why are you working so hard? And I love the idea of 80. Well, and 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 Manny Badinka does some great things with the role. He has this weird laugh in the movie that's very funny. He kind of he has this kind of laugh. Uh um, big boy Caprice in anger smashes the piano uh bar down on his fingers and and breathless defends him. And he starts playing and he goes, see, playing it, playing better already. And um I just love the idea of him laying like, hey, Breathless, I, I I wrote this song. Do you want to hear it? And and they're doing it together after hours at yes. the club. That's I what it looks it. like. Yeah, yeah, because she just sort of sits down and is like, okay, let's do this. That's a character um, trait of Breathless that is under, underserved in the story, which is we, we do see her rehearsing. We see her doing, you know, she's good at her job. Like, we don't hear that, you know, we don't talk about like actually she's like you know she's the centerpiece of this show that people come to see at this club you know like she works really hard at it and she loves the music underneath it all yeah does she love the music more than dick i don't know um i think she would forego i don't know that's an interest since we're here because because we're kind of wrapping up the the breathless mahoney storyline um i don't I don't necessarily think that she's capable of 
becoming like Tess Trueheart. Like, no. like I, I always wonder that, you know, when she says it, she stands at the dock um, near the end of the movie before things, the fourth act or whatever, and or the third act of the film when, when things really go bad for Dick Tracy. And she's like, tell me you want me, tell me you want me, I'll do anything you want. I think she would testify, but I don't think necessarily she would like go make a house and white with a white picket fence with with Dick Tracy and like wait for him to come home every day. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think ultimately she fulfilled her destiny, meaning there was no other choice except for her to die. Like they I mean, I hate to say it Spoilers. like that because uh, well, yeah, spoiler. If you didn't see the movie 20, 30 years ago, then yes, yeah. it's a spoiler. Um, but I do agree. Like, and, and part of her need could be recognizing that she, you know, that there isn't a lot of choices for her. Her life as a, as a singer is about to end. I mean, she mm. doesn't have that many years left in, in that world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what yeah. is she going to do? But but I think that also that need of like I could I could have been that. I wish I were that. I wish I were good. Mm. You know. Yeah. I wish I was capable of making the changes I need to make to fulfill what you need. But now I'm wondering and worrying that we are like falling into um you know stereotypes and tropes of femme fatales like why can't a femme fatale turn good why why you know well but that <laughs> you know we're also but there's a reason there those tropes exist because of the storytelling structures of these kinds of stories like sure. there's always a dark and a light woman there's the the dark woman and then there's the light woman and the good girl and the bad girl and the betty and the veronica and um and 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 it's and it's sad that those two can't be the same person. Um, I always like like you know. Well, I've Madonna is the same. Madonna is both of those. Madonna is Breathless Mahoney is not correct. She's always on the side. She's always on mine. <laughs> I mean, I think this is more and more interesting about like why she took this role and how it fits into a narrative that she's playing with and subverting continuously of like. Mm -hmm. You can see me in these lights, but actually this is just a character that I can shed and I'm not good or bad. I'm Madonna, I'm me. And yeah. in fact, no woman is just one or the other. You know, like there's something, I don't know, there's, this is a continuation of an intentionality in her work that only gets more and more clear over the next few years, you know, like that, this sense of like what my power is as a woman or how you see me as a woman and how I can subvert that is so interesting. I always keep thinking about those um, defining roles by actresses. I, I was thinking about like Batman 2, uh, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer's Pfeiffer, Catwoman, yeah. right? Yeah. The difference between Madonna in Dick Tracy and Michelle Pfeiffer in Catwoman, besides the obvious, um, you know, narrative things, um, Madonna was on tour being Madonna throughout when the movie was coming out. So it's not like Madonna was playing, I'm playing Breathless Mahoney and then leaving it for all of you to kind of just like sit with for a year before she resurfaced. She was 
simultaneously as the movie was coming out into theaters, she was playing the world stages as Madonna. Yep. So it's not like you could ever like hold on to a specific film role. And, and she continues to do this throughout her film career. Um, for all of her desires to be a film star, she never quite trusts it because whenever she has a major movie out, if you notice, she's always doing something else to subvert and compete with that image? Well, I think it is that. And I also think that in a way it goes back to how Madonna sees herself, which is more as performance artist than actor slash singer. Meaning I think in her mind, if we, if we asked her, I don't know if she would even answer this question, but like by putting out, this is thinking ahead, but thinking about body of evidence, the sex mm -hmm. book and erotica all coming out together, she would say, actually the three are in relationship. Yes. That yes. you actually can't understand my performance in body of evidence. If you don't look at the sex book and erotica that actually that performance is just one of the personas, another way I interpreted the themes that I'm looking at right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same with pretty much everything. You know, when she did um, The Next Best Thing, it was like, it was part of her image. Like yeah. she was into yoga. She was just having, she wanted to have a baby. She was into marriage. She was at a certain age. So it became like another part of her narrative. Mm -hmm. But I think it's this thing of like, she doesn't say it that way or has never said it that clearly to the press. And maybe she doesn't actually think that way, but that's how I perceive it. Yeah. I just am not as interested in them because I never see the duality in her performances. Meaning I wish like the way we see in music video, we know when she's playing character mm -hmm. and yet when she's doing, when she's in a movie, she doesn't have, and it's somebody else directing, she doesn't have the power to like wink at us or let us know like, oh, I'm playing at this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? She's well, like trying to I actually think, embody it, you know? Well, and to go back to Breathless Mahoney, I mean, I think that that's a large part of why she took the part was that she, yes, it's another, ver it's another persona to play. It, it's a, it's a crucial plot device character she's not just window dressing to sing the song she's very much important to the story and the plot and the twists of dick tracy and it opens up all these other stylistic opportunities that she was already eager to work with and envision and i would guess that when she took on the role she was already planning to go on tour she was already planning to kind of do something else that summer so absolutely you know it's all it, like you said it's all part of one big package and she's not just relying on film language to set the the kind of tone of what it's going to be about right what can you lose <laughs> what can you lose um go listen to manny patinkin and sunday in the park with george with bernadette peters it's an extraordinary album stephen sondheim is a genius and then listen to what can you lose it really is the the sweetest moment and probably the most genuine emotional moment on i'm breathless music from and inspired by the film dick tracy 100% agree. And um, as we see Sondheim exit the album, we say, job well done, sir. Thank you for the privilege. Madonna Thank you for the privilege. Yes. Indeed. Till next time. Bye.